from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by Coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Welcoming back longtime Coach's Edge.coach member, Andrew Donovan, varsity boys coach, Frankenmuth High School. On this episode where as we dig into the fall, we're having some coaches, some of our Coach's Edge members specifically, share a few helpful tips for our other coaches around the state, around the country, around the world as they start to look at their basketball team and how they can continue to learn, grow, and improve and do better. So, Coach, thank you for jumping back on a Coach's Edge. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Steve. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to be able to chat and, you know, with Coach's Edge, with the podcast, with everything we have going on, to be able to share information, to learn from one another, to grow, to improve. And, um, you know, we, we could have hit record because we've been chatting for approximately 45 minutes without hitting record <laughs> already, uh, just about a bunch of helpful stuff. So if you are to give, I asked you to give a couple pieces of advice to some coaches listening out there, some tidbits that they can apply to their team or their season or their entire program. So one, you mentioned a little bit of culture. Tell us a little bit about you know, why that's important to you and what you uh, are working on yourself. Yeah, uh, I have a couple thoughts there. I appreciate the chance to to chat about that. You know, I think my, my first tip, like you say, it's never too late, regardless of how long you've been coaching, to either you know be really intentional about implementing some things with your culture, or or of course just making your culture better. And I think, you know, I think of a lot of things when I think of culture. It's obviously a pretty big buzzword, but um, you know, for me, I feel like, uh, and especially in today's world you know, kids have so many things going on in their lives. Stuff is so busy. You know, I feel like, uh, and basketball is a long season and it's, it's a, it's a tough sport. Um, and there's only five spots uh, to get on the court too. And so I think, I think the experience, I think the culture of your team, I think the relationships that guys have with each other on a small roster, um, I, it just matters. It's incredibly important for the success of your team. I mean, I think guys have to want to, to be in that gym every day, working hard, you know, practice has got to be something that they look forward to and not dread. Um, I think they got to want to spend time together. Um, and so, you know, there's, um, I mean, I, I, I could ramble a little bit, but I just, I feel like it's never too late to make improvements or to get started being really intentional about your culture. And I, I think some coaches, you know, probably do a great job of this and maybe other coaches, you know, really you're just kind of focused on the basketball and a lot of this stuff, you know, especially young coaches, you, you probably don't always think about this stuff as much. I think most coaches probably start to see the importance of those kind of things as they move through the years and get a little more experience. So yeah, it just can't be underestimated. I think a lot of times it'll be the make or break thing for your team. You know, I've, I've taken that for granted at times myself. So that's a great uh, reminder for me as well. You've coached for over a decade. Every team has a little bit different dynamic, the relationships, the friendships and things like that. So how do you try to evaluate that each year and continue to say, okay, this is a team that I'm going to need to do 
you know, more group meetings. Maybe this is a team where I'm going to have more individual conversations with kids or things where I'm incorporating more of my coaching staff. You know, what are some things with you do or how do you change that over the years? Yeah. And I can even talk a little bit about some of the work I've done this off season too. Yeah. So this is, like you said, this is my 13th year going into my 13th year at Frankenmuth. And, you know, quite honestly, I was not good at this as a young coach, as I mentioned before. I mean, I, I was really pumped about the basketball. I always loved being in the gym with guys. You know, I tried to make good relationships, but you know, um, you, uh, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, coaching, you know, young men is challenging relationships and conflict and all of those things. I, I mean, it's hard, right? Adults, you know, we spend our whole lives trying to kind of navigate some of those scenarios as well. So I, I wasn't very good at it early on. I do believe that I've become much more, I'll use the word intentional again, um, and, and we have gotten better at it. And I know our guys consistently tell us like, you know, the Frankenmuth basketball experience is, uh, is like their favorite thing, you know, and um, so I do, I've implemented over the years, a number of different things that you could kind of, you know, frame up under the idea of culture. Uh, we do pretty regular one-on-ones. We have a player info sheet that we work off of to start the year that, you know, talks a lot about what guys are hoping to gain in terms of their, their goals for the season. And then we talk to them a lot about their role and, you know, we, we just try to um, not have any secrets or assumptions, right? You know, we want to talk to guys about their role, about what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. We want to be very transparent and honest. Um, and that kind of sets the tone for other one-on-ones throughout the season. I do think checking in um, with guys one-on-one is, is critical, you know, just to see how they're doing. And I think a lot of times it's not always just about basketball or if they're playing, right? Like how's class going, anything going on in life, just kids knowing you care uh, matters a great deal. Um, and then just to kind of finish the thought on the meeting piece, we do, we do exit interviews where we really try to get our guys feedback at the end of the year and, and ask them some pointed questions about what went well, what didn't. Um, so that those are kind of on some meeting stuff. That's, that's one thing we do, um, you know, and we, we probably do a, a number of other things too, from a team dynamic standpoint that are pretty good. I do want to touch on, like, I, I've really kind of poured into this in the off season, um, just because I like to, um, I like to have things well organized. And I, I've read some books, um, uh, culture code, Dan, I think Daniel Coyle is culture code and talent code. Um, probably the best book I've read recently on culture, because I wanted to read it specifically cause, just because I listened to his podcast, along with Coach's Edge, of course, um, is uh, J.P. Nurbin. Uh, he wrote, uh, it's called Culture System. And he really gives a lot of great practical ideas about how to implement culture there. Um, you know, and so one of the things I'm going to do, I've, I've really been trying to move the needle developing leaders one of the things he recommends is like a captain's council where guys are essentially responsible for subsets of the team and not just, Hey, you're a captain. So, you know, you get to go out and chat with the refs, yell at a few guys, tell the, you know, tell the younger guys to pick up the balls and, you know, and that's, you know, that's leadership. Right. Um, but, you know, the idea of servant leadership, the idea of a council where guys are, um, you know, maybe responsible for three to five guys on the team, um, you know, and, and I'm kind of laying out what that's going to look like and, and sort of like the details within 
what our captains are gonna be responsible for. So some cool stuff there. Um, and I also think I'm gonna really bring our guys along um, with this group in terms of um, just kind of trying to define like, you know, who do we wanna be? What are, um, what are our standards for um, how we're gonna operate in, a, in any environment we're gonna be in? What are our standards for, um, you know, when we're at a team dinner, when we're on the bus, when we're watching film, you know, practice, et cetera. Um, so those are a couple like very practical tips. Um, and you, you know, uh, we could talk, like you say, we could, <laughs> we could talk a lot and I could definitely talk a long time about this topic. I'm doing a lot more, but I think, you know, for coaches, I would say, you know, start to figure out your why, right. You know, like, uh, mission, vision and values is a very popular thing, but like, why are you coaching? Um, and then, you know, you don't have to do all of this at once, right? Don't make it seem like something insurmountable. Don't, you know, wait for perfection and do nothing. You know, you can do a couple things, I think, to improve or enhance your culture this year. And I'm always trying to do that because, and honestly, that's why I coach. I mean, I love being with our guys. The basketball is gravy because it's a sport I love, but just the, uh, the relationships and the way you can impact lives. I mean, that's, that's my why. So, um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be my first tip. Well, I appreciate you sharing all those things. And, and there's something that stands out to me. You know, you're doing this on a consistent basis throughout the course of the year. It's not, hey, this is the time of year where we talk about our culture and then you drop it and then it never comes up again, right? This is something that, you know, it's like a plant, right? You continue to water it and you do all the other stuff that you got to do with a, a plant so it, it survives i don't know my wife takes care of most of the plants around uh, our house <laughs> but they're too. still alive they're doing they're doing good so you you know you, the sunlight and all that different soil stuff it's the same thing with with culture right your your team is this ever-growing changing uh you know dynamic it, it's alive right and and so mm -hmm. to be able to come back and also to do it in different ways. So you talked about the one-on-one. -on -one. You talked about a info, info sheet. You talked about breaking down roles with your kids, uh, checking in periodically, the, the exit interviews, the leadership council. Um, one more question that I had for you that also has to do with implementing the culture is, you know, you're the varsity head coach. How do you start to communicate this to your assistant coaches? What are some responsibilities you give them so that they can also impact the culture of your team in a positive way? Yeah, that's a great question. It's funny because I probably, uh, even as much work as I've done on it over the years, Steve, I probably haven't done, outside of some some really simple things, I probably haven't done as good of a job as, uh, you know, I would like to with all the lower levels. You know, there's, um, you know, there's certainly some stand, standards that have been upheld, but, um, you know, I need to do a better job of that. So I, one thing I'm doing this year um, this is my first time ever doing this with my coaches. We always do a lot of meetings, uh, preseason, getting ready. And then we talk about some of this stuff. I'm actually doing a, uh, um, a coach's clinic with just our staff. You know, we're doing, I wouldn't necessarily call it a retreat because, you know, we're not trying to go hours away and, and pack up. But we, we have a weekend set aside a Saturday and Sunday where we're going to spend uh, two days just getting ready for ranking with basketball this year. And um, we're going to have a couple uh, simple recommendations for our lower level coaches to um, to move the needle on this as well. So we're going to we're going to spend some time on on some of the specific culture things in that uh, retreat or clinic, whatever whatever word you prefer. 
No, I think that's gold. And I, I hope that even if it's something that's not that extensive as yours, a couple of days, that that's something that other coaches think about doing. Uh, there's actually a program I'm thinking of right now where uh, early November before basketball season kicks off in Michigan, I'm helping them put on their private coaches clinic. Right? We're having some different gotcha. speakers. We're talking about, you know, uh, not just X's and O's, but we'll be digging into, you know, some, some, some mindset, some, some teamwork skills, uh, different things uh, that can go a really long way for players and teams as well. Uh, so I think that's great stuff. And, you know, for any coaches listening, take action. Coach Donovan just rolled, rattled off in 10 minutes, like 10 different great tips that coaches could use. Don't feel like you have to have everything mastered. You have to apply all these things. If I was a coach, say, man, what's one thing I could take action on right now and continue to apply it to our team that's going to help us improve and then get moving? Because there's a big difference between putting something cool that's a sticker on the wall regarding your culture and actually living and breathing it on a consistent basis and yeah, concentrate on that's a great point. That's a great point, Steve. Now, that's probably why I'm not a big put a motto on the back of a shirt uh, because that's usually the extent of what that is. And it's got to be, you know, culture is more than that, you know, and so it doesn't need to be on a shirt to be real, um, you know. And so, yeah, that's a great, that's a great call out. Just do something, move the needle a little bit, little 1% improvements. Hey coaches, let me take a quick break to thank you for listening to the Coaches Edge podcast. Our listenership continues to grow, and a big reason for that is the positive ratings and review. So if you haven't already, if you could take less than a minute of your time, leave a positive rating and review wherever you're listening to your podcast, whether that's Apple or Spotify, I would certainly greatly, hugely appreciate it. Again, the podcast is free to listen. So leaving a positive rating and review goes a really long way as far as your support. Thank you for being such a big part of the Coach's Edge, our growth. I can't thank you enough, and we couldn't do it without you. Let's get back to the show. All great stuff, Coach. We continue to dive deeper into that, but there's another subject and a quick tip that you wanted to share with our coaches. What, what is that? Yeah, you and I were chatting a little bit, like you said, at the beginning, but I think another one is just uh, – identity and, and maybe even more specifically kind of simplicity and identity. You know, I think um, there's so many things that um, that can win basketball games, uh, so many different ways to play this game. I mean, it's an unbelievable, beautiful game. That's probably one of the things I love about it. Um, but I think it's really important, especially as we're sitting here in the preseason, um, you know, this is a, a good opportunity for coaches to, to get really clear on, um, you know, whether you want to call them pillars, um, but whatever, whatever your um, key things are in terms of how you're going to play the game, uh, I think you need to have an identity. I think that preferably that identity shouldn't be, you know, something that's uh, you know, a 10 page document, you know, you, you probably need to boil that down to, you know, two to five things, you know, what are you going to emphasize? What are you going to be about? And then I think really everything else you're going to do in terms of the way you're planning out your season, um, you know, what are your, uh, what skills do you need to develop? Um, what, um, what are the things that you need to uh, emphasize in, in any drill that you do? 
both sides of the ball, O and D, I mean, I think you can, you can build a great season plan if you get really clear on your identity, uh, especially, like I say, great opportunity to do that right now. No practices right now. Um, and I just think a lot of times, I think what you'll see, and again, as a young coach, I remember, you know, really having a lot going on in my mind and being, you know, being willing to, you know, kind of throw things out pretty quickly and move on to the next thing. And, you know, if you never really spend time learning something and, and then being able to teach it at a deep level, nothing's going to work. So um, I think spending time figuring out uh, what you want to do and, and maybe even a little bit understanding, okay, um, what's my personality? How do I want to coach? A lot of times that's maybe the most important thing to think about because if you don't like playing a certain way, you're probably not going to be able to coach it very well because it's not going to be something you're going to be able to dig into. And um, so, yeah, again, something when I was a young coach that I, I, I tried some different things early on. And then, you know, over the course of time, that's the beauty of experience. You get a little more clear, a little more comfortable with who you are. And, you know, now I think that's a big part of how we operate is, you know, we're going to have, you know, our, our two to three things that that's what we're going to be about. And we're going to build everything else we do from there. Well, I think that's golden because I mean, what, how does the saying go? Jack of all trades, master of none. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think, yeah. uh, I think of that a lot with um, players as, as we talked about pre-recording with, with players who uh, in, in my line of work with skill development, they think they're ready to move on to something else. Right. And I was like, all you're doing is getting average to below average at a whole lot of things. None of these are actually going to translate to in-game performance. Once you become a master at something and then we can build on it, obviously as a coach, we want to have uh, our players continuing to grow and, and do some things that maybe they can see themselves doing uh, for the future. Uh, and that's part of coaching as well. And you really got me, on that that was you essentially were the driver to some of my growth last winter as you guys know the off season for me is the in season for you with with my business right. and and that's why i'm hoping you know basically i want to turn coaches edge not coach into my full-time business during basketball season where i can be like i am 100 full-time job from like end of october through mid-march and all i'm doing is coaches edge and working with you know that that's where i'm hoping this goes and you got me on that with the coach's guide, right? And I, I think mm -hmm. that's a great piece to come to and say, you know, what are our pillars? What's what's our style? What is going to lead to our success? Is that um, down in a way that can be easily communicated to other people? Uh, and that really goes into the identity of you as a coach and also of your team. So tell us about that and how that continues to evolve and change every year, improve each year, you take some things out, you throw some things back without throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as you said, as maybe you did that yeah. earlier in your career where like, ah, I tried it, eh, not that good. And you throw it out. So eh, maybe you didn't give it enough of a chance, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, that I call it a coach's guide. I mean, you know, I know I'm, I'm in a, um, you know, I, I love like coach development, working with you. Uh, yeah, I really do. I kind of have like, you know, two people, uh, two programs that, you know, I mean, and I'll, I'll say this, like I ask my players uh, to get better, um, you know, like shame on me if I'm never thinking about getting better. Like I don't want to coach the same season 
for 30 seasons and feel like I'm doing my job. So, you know, I'm, uh, and I, I love, I love our guys and I love the game. So, you know, I, uh, and if it could pay the bills, I, I probably would do it sun up to sundown, but anyway, so I do, you know, besides, uh, the coach's edge, I'm also in a program called ramp with a guy named Randy Sherman, who's, um, been running the mentorship program. I've probably been in that, you know, eight or nine years. I was one of the early, the, the guys that were early in it. Um, and I kind of started as like a motion offense thing, and then it's grown from there. But I'm, I'm giving that background just to say he was, uh, he was early on, I think he read like Fergus Connolly and Game Changer. And there's this concept of a game model. Um, for me, the, the game model didn't, um, entirely fit. I like to, I like to make things my own. So, um, I call it a coach's guide and I've kind of morphed it and it's, it's grown over the years to where, you know, we have pillars of play. We have some emphases within those. And then we talk about, you know, how those emphases and the different phases of the game are going to take shape. Um, so, I mean, I said a lot there. I don't know if I actually answered your question, Steve, I apologize. I got on a little bit of a tangent, but, um, it's continued to grow for me. And what it's done for me is it's, it, again, when you think about identity and simplicity and identity, when I have that, I, I know that, okay, when I'm talking to my coaches about what drills we're going to run, again, it's not about what drills you run. You know, one of the best parts about coaching, quite honestly, just make up your own drill. It's about why, you know, what are you trying to emphasize? What's the objective of what you're trying to get done? Um, so when we're thinking about, you know, how we're going to play, what we're going to implement, all that sort of thing, um, that is a great starting point to everything we do. You know, I can be really clear in, in what I want to spend my time on in practices. So I apologize if I didn't answer the question directly. Maybe you need to ask it again, but I, I just wanted to give that backstory a little bit and talk about how we utilize it. Well, yeah, it goes back into your, you know, your history of, you know, anytime a coach shares, you know, why they think or have certain beliefs, uh, it's good to give some of that background and history. And I'll just share a little bit of what I did with some things that you showed me over the past year was that was like my winter project. Like my, you know, as, as you mentioned, we ask our kids to put in the work to get better as coaches. Are we asking that of ourselves? Right. And so my winter project during basketball season outside of continue work with our coaches, our coach members was creating this coach's guide for myself. And even though I wasn't coaching a varsity team last year, I put myself in that position to create this imaginary team. So then I could take it back and share to our coaches edge members, like, like yourself. And it came back to, okay, what, what are, you know, the, the couple things I think really lead to winning um, as far as a, you know, a data standpoint and um, mm -hmm. you know, effective field goal percentage and uh, turnover percentage. Um, were, were two that I had down as far as big ones, obviously, you know, you have the read on margin and, and free throws if you dig into the four factors, but those were the two that, you know, I really wanted to try to emphasize as far as style of play offensively and, and defensively, and then putting down in some bullet points, well, how are we going to get to that, right? What is that offense going to look like as far as a motion that we're going to run? What does that look like as far as a, a pressure defense that we're going to have? What are a couple of things? If you were to come to a practice or come to a game, you're like, this is how this team plays style of play. This is our style of play. And then breaking that style of play down into, again, more categories, right? Whether that's, you know, some call it, coaches will call it transition offense. Some will call it more conversion, you know, whatever you want to call it. doesn't matter to me. Right. But right. you know, that, that factor of 
more half court, more transition from an offensive standpoint, more half court and transition from a defensive standpoint. What does that look like as a, as a team? How can we teach that? And what do we emphasize from, from those characteristics as far as what we want to see our kids practicing and implementing during the game? It could be as simple as, you know, transition defense, stop ball, protect paint, match up, you know, and then yep. you can get into what is our specific system defensively. And that'll dictate a little bit of how you do those three things, but that's easy for those kids to remember. Right. Um, and then what are the skills that we're trying to teach? As you mentioned, it doesn't have to be this specific drill is more of what are we trying to emphasize and grow and develop as players. And you put your own spin on it. I mean, there's been, we're, we're always stealing from other coaches, but you and I are in the same boat. I don't know if there's a drill I've taken from a coach and done the exact same thing. Right. Exactly. Like I'm always yep. like, eh, I'm, I'm going to do it my way though. A, a little, a little bit there, yeah, you know, it's, it's yep. you know, for even from a coach, you know, learning from other coaches, I'm like, these coaches are way better than me, way smarter than me, no way more than me. I'm still going to add my own little tweak, tweak to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, yeah. That's the fun part of coaching. So tell us a little bit about how that changes, right? You have, this identity for your team, but every year you have players that graduate, new players that that come in. Is this something that is ever evolving throughout the course of the year? Or again, as we talked about from the culture standpoint earlier, is this something that you really try to hammer down with your coaching staff when you, you know, are in the fall this time of year, which I'm assuming is a great time to do it and say, hey, here's what we really think is going to lead to us having a lot of team success this season. Yeah, we, we definitely got to get on the same page as a coaching staff. I have, you know, uh, uh, the guy goes to, you know, like a lot of public school coaches in Michigan, I'm sure, like I, I'm responsible for seventh through 12th grade. So, um, you know, we, we definitely want to get on the same page and I sort of have different objectives based on, you know, the level you're coaching and and different expectations. You know, again, I don't expect them to, you know, to be me. Um, but I do expect them to, like I say, you know, we have a couple key sayings that, you know, they can move the needle on, you know, if you're coaching middle school, you're obviously the season shorter, you're not going to be able to, you know, get as much done from a basketball standpoint, sometimes depending on your dynamic, uh, the level of skill, um, if you can, uh, if you have a big roster, and maybe some of your kids are brand new, you know, like, that can be really challenging, but you know, you get to high school, and and yeah, we, we spend time, you know, that'll be another thing that we go over at our coaches clinic will be, um, obviously we're going to talk a lot of hoops and uh, we're going to spend some time on, uh, on our coaches guide and, and how we want to play. And I think like, getting to your, the first part of your question, you know, like how does it evolve and how does it change year to year? I think it has to, right. Your, your guys aren't the same every year. So, you know, um, and, and, and of course in, in high school, although, you know, I, I know some coaches do, but technically you can't recruit to your system. So, <laughs> um, uh, uh, so, you know, it's got to change a little bit to, to fit your guys. Right. So you might have, um, some, you know, like, again, we'll use the word pillars or, um, you know, foundational things that, that is going to be how you play, but they look a little bit different based on your personnel year to year. And, and certainly that's my view of it. Like it, it rarely is going to be plug and play from season to season in high school, unless you just have a lot of continuity in your roster. Um, and even then I would say, okay, well, what did, what did last season look like? And, and if you're, you know, if you've done the self-study and some of the work that you need to do 
uh, to improve, it's like, okay, so how can we, how can we make improvements on, on both sides of the ball to, you know, put guys in better spots to be successful. So yeah, it evolves. And I spent a lot of time on that. You know, I always watch a lot of our film. Um, I look back through my practice plans. I do, I study certain, you know, like I break down certain elements of, you know, Hey, you know, where did we, how did we score our points? How, you know, where did our turnovers come from, you know? And, um, you know, I could give some more examples of, of some things I studied to say, okay, you know, and what did, what do I think I did a good job teaching and, you know, what didn't I do the greatest job and where do we struggle? And, you know, you kind of have to be honest with yourself, but yeah, so this, this season is going to be, you know, it's going to be different, you know, even though there might be some things that are constant, it's not the same guys. It's a different year. What worked, uh, like, uh, what worked last year may not be the exact same thing this year, and it might need to be improved, tweaked, altered, whatever you prefer, uh, you know, to give your guys the best chance to win. And that's my view of it is it might not be earth shattering, but it's got, you, you got to look at it. It can't just, like I say, uh, there, there's that whole thing about experience where are you actually, are, is it actually experience or is it just the same year over and over again? And I think coaches really got to avoid that because I know a lot of, a lot of coaches, a lot of people that are in the, the teaching business, which I believe coaching is teaching, you know, you sort of just want to kind of, you know, redo the lesson plan, if you will, uh, in coaching. And, and the good ones don't do that, I don't think. There's people out there that do the same job for 30 years, and they're no better at it on year 30 than they are at year one, right? And, uh, yep. Goodness gracious! I hope that's none of our none of our listeners, right? Yeah, um, exactly. And, and it's certainly not any of our coaches, coach members, because you know those are all the people that are, as you said, you're you're joining a community of other people that are also trying to get better at whatever it is that they're trying to improve upon. Um, and so that's the that's the thing. Are we continuing to do certain things, learn more about the game, and make adjustments? understand what's working and continue to develop ourselves as a coach, as a program, so we can continue to have more success year in and year out. You're big on, you talk about the identity, you're big on teaching man defense. We talked about this a long time ago. I don't know if you remember this. Mm -hmm. Man defense, especially at the, at the younger levels. So as kids get older, you feel like it's easier for them to, one, continue to play man. But after you've teach that foundation of man-to-man defense, it's easier for them to teach them different zone principles as well. Once they get older, that's part of your identity, right? Can you talk a little bit yep. of, you know, why you feel so strongly about that? Cause I think that's one of the, um, a golden nugget for other coaches that maybe are talking to seventh and eighth grade coaches and trying to say, Hey, maybe, you know, you should do a little more of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll give my rule, you know, my rule for, for our levels, Seventh and eighth grade is 100% man. Uh, my freshman team is 75% man, and my JV is 50%. And then I'll do, you know, whatever I think our guys need to, um, you know, to be the best version of themselves. And so, I just think, you know, there I could probably get going on this one for a little while. But like when you think about the the evolution of the game in general, the defense is ahead of the offense probably until high school, maybe even until JV. You know, if you look at other, like if you look at Canada or Europe and the way they do player development, I mean, again, the United States still has like, we have the best players, athletes in the world, but 
you look at some of those development models overseas or in Canada, you know, they're playing a lot of three on three. Um, they, they actually, you know, outlaw zone until I think uh, U14 or something like that. In Canada, I know they do for sure. I'm not sure about Europe. No, I was, um, co- I was coaching. Um, there were some different age levels that I was coaching in, uh, in Germany. And that was one of the rules. No, no zone defense. And even when I was coaching older kids, you could play uh, some zone. Usually people weren't playing zone either. It was still like high school basketball and people were like, yeah, we don't, we don't believe in a whole lot of zone at that point either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and in high school, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, in terms of zone and man, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion, you know, you, I'm a, I've been a zone guy for a while and we do some different things with it. You know, I even think, uh, some higher level coaches should, I mean, you've seen more of this on the NBA recently too, where even NBA with, uh, uh, three second defensive rule those you know those guys are playing zones for possessions you know Nick Nurse and a box and one and triangle and two in the finals a couple of years ago you know like coaches I think college coaches and pro coaches um, you know and even more could get more creative that way because I do think there's some really good use of it when you're when you're talking about winning being the number one goal but when you're younger winning's not the number one goal and you know when you think about kids athletic development um, yes, defensively playing man, but uh, kids development offensively as well. Um, you know, the defense, like I said, is just so far ahead. So, you know, zone is kind of fool's gold. You know, kids when they're younger, shooting the three or shooting farther out, long passes, those sort of things. You know, like in a, a lot of times, like, yeah, you can sit kids in a two, three, guard the paint and win some travel games. Um, but uh, you know, if you're not developing their, uh, you know, their athleticism, uh, their understanding of, um, you know, staying between their man and the basket and, and working hard to guard the ball, um, I just think you're doing them a disservice because eventually the offense does catch up. And man, if, if your kids don't know how to work defensively, um, then you're in trouble and you're probably not going to be good at either one man or zone when, when they're older. So and you'll, you'll see that a lot. You know, we, again, in the United States, we, uh, we do a lot of travel early and, you know, people are really pumped up about winning the fourth grade championship. Um, you know, and you know what? Yeah. If you want to win fourth through seventh grade championships, play zone, guard the rim. But I mean, if you want to really make kids better for their future and, you know, to have them be successful in high school and, and for the ones that are really committed, um, you know, maybe even have them play in college, then yeah, you you'll want to do it the other way around and, and teach the man piece first, get kids playing hard, get them understanding the why. And then when they get older, you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's, it's, it's one thing to believe that it's another thing to actually have it implemented with your basketball program in your school. And so it's just cool to hear that, you know, Frank and with boys basketball, that's their essentially part of their curriculum as far as development is man-to-man early and then we sprinkle in the zone as kids get older I mean that's that's essentially the European model right that that we're seeing um, which is which is pretty cool as well um coach you're one of the ogs with coaches edge coach uh, <laughs> one of the first people it's uh let's see almost two years it's been that we've had the website yeah. up and running with um members you were one of the first people to join in what made you join coach's edge and you know if there's another coach listening we're getting into the fall so we're gonna 
you know, get ready to, to push it and launch it again. So what made you join Coach's Edge? And if there was another coach who was thinking about joining uh, the website, the membership, the community, you know, what would you tell them? Yeah, that's, that's an easy answer. You know, I mean, kind of two things. Uh, one, of course, kind of our, our hope connection and our relationship, of course, I think you're great. You know, the way you see the game and, and love the game. Uh, you know, I want, I want to partner with people who, you know, are passionate about it like I am. Uh, and so the opportunity to work with you is, of course, super cool. And then I think going back to what we touched on early on here, I mean, I think uh, I think as coaches, we we have to be developing. And again, I don't mean just consuming content, um, you know, and, and, you know, trying to understand every single offense or defense that's ever existed. But I just mean um, being around people who are passionate about growing, who can invest in our program. You know, I've you've come up and run camps and, and done a lot of player development with our guys. And um, so I just think, you know, uh, not only do my guys benefit, but I benefit from, from being in the program, hearing other coaches, and of course, working with you and, and we got to develop as coaches. And so I, I would just, that would be my challenge to coaches who are, who are looking at it. I mean, I think, you know, like, you know, um, you, you can't watch yourself, right? Like a lot of times coaches, again, we're telling guys to develop, but you know, uh, I think it would be, you know, really sad if a coach didn't, you know, who's the, who's the one that is um, speaking into your program and helping you get better, you know, and that's hard for assistant coaches to do because ultimately um, there's a lot of really good assistants out there, but ultimately you're the head coach and you get to make the call and there's a power dynamic there where they might not be able to grow you the same way, like a, a mentor or a program like this can. So I just think it's critical for, for coaches to get better, to, you know, to participate in things like this. Um, yours is a great one. And, and yes, there's others out there too, you know, whatever it is that coaches are doing, but um, you have to invest in yourself if you're going to do this for a while, I think. So great time to join Coach's Edge. I appreciate that coach. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for being a part of coachesedge.coach. And uh, it's been awesome to be a part of obviously working with you online but getting the chance to go and, and bring a camp to you uh, for the past couple of summers, work with your kids, see your program, be in the gym with you, talk basketball with you there uh, has been really cool. And that's something that we've incorporated more since we had the website going, was actually going into some of our Coaches Edge members, get the chance to work with them face-to-face, -face, uh, see their kids, work with them. Uh, firsthand has been pretty awesome experience for, for me and, and beneficial for everyone, I think as well. Um, Coach, if anybody has any questions for you, you know, is there, is there a good place that they can reach out, learn more, find out about anything that you're doing from, you know, building your identity with your team? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, like you and I were joking about early on, I mean, I probably could, we could spend the rest of the day talking hoops here. Um, so I, I mean, probably the easiest way is just to send me, send me a text first, because if I don't have your number, I'm, I'm not going to answer, but I'll just give my cell phone number. It's 517 404-6612. I'd rather just have you text me if you have any questions or, or want to talk hoops. I'll I'll always respond as soon as I can. But yeah, I'd love to I'd love to chat hoops with anybody who who wants to talk some basketball and wants to improve their program. So happy to. That's awesome, Coach. You're not going to find many people giving out their phone number on a podcast like this. So uh, respect <laughs> to you. I hope you get flooded with, you know, like yeah. few, a few hundred uh, text messages. That would be, that would be pretty funny. That'd be great. Um, yeah, let me know great. if that happens. That'd be good. Um, thank you guys for listening to Coach's Edge. Coach, Coach Donovan, 
thank you for uh, taking the time to speak a good word to, to myself and to all of our listeners. Thank you guys for listening. If there's anything that we can do for you, please let me know whether that's talking basketball, quick questions, it's contact at KramerBasketball.com. And uh, whatever you're doing, make sure you get after it.